Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today's episode is muscle power in midlife. In simplistic terms, our natural biology in midlife is promoting both muscle loss and fat gain, and that's what's driving changes in our body shape during this life stage. So in today's episode, we're going to focus on eating to get lean. We're going to talk to you about eating for energy balance, using carbohydrates strategically for training and for body composition, and how to ensure your protein intake is optimal. Welcome to the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner mini-series. Please join Aileen Smith and Karen Campbell, nutritionist friends and runners. During the mini-series, we'll be spotlighting key challenges women face as they approach midlife. Women tell us that they're really uncomfortable with the way their body shape is changing and are noticing how their energy levels and running performance is suffering too. So it's our mission to help women be in great shape, bypass midlife health challenges and continue to enjoy their running. So we've designed our Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method and that's for the woman who requires the most time efficient and easy method to be the best she can be. During each mini episode, we'll be helping you take some easy action. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Aileen and Karen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. I'm Karen and I'm here today once again with Aileen and today we're going to give you a snapshot of muscle power in midlife and we're going to dive straight into the topic for today but please listen until the end of this episode as we do have a special invitation for you. So in episode 68, Muscle Mass to Power Your Running, we talked about how many midlife women talk about noticing loss of muscle tone or maybe getting flabby and I have to say it's one of the most common concerns of all our female clients. And also in this episode, um, we highlighted some of the underlying reasons for this happening, which could be due to low levels of um, anabolic, so that muscle building hormones. It could be due to a reduced ability to synthesize protein. Also in midlife um, women, there is a natural decline in the estradiol sex hormone, um, so that form of estrogen, which is also implicated in changes in muscle regeneration, so leading to that degeneration of muscle. And also it could be linked to increased inflammatory markers that could promote uh, fat mass and compromise muscle function. So lots of different reasons um, for muscle mass deteriorating. Now, there's also um, research which suggests that 
if we can maintain high levels of lean body mass during that sort of menopausal transition, um, it may be protective against the development of um, vasomotor symptoms in menopause. So what I mean by that is the likes of the hot sweats, the the flushes, the night sweats that that lots of women do experience. So um, food for thought there. Yeah, so lots of underlying reasons for our midlife um, flabbiness or loss of muscle tone, as you, you said, Karen. And I think in simplistic terms, what's, what is going on is that our natural body in midlife is promoting muscle loss and fat gain. And that's really what's driving the changes in our body shape during this life stage. Um, so we thought today what we'd do is just share some of our suggestions to influence a healthy optimal body composition and um, there are the three areas really that we suggest um, that people focus on nutritionally Um, the first one is eating for energy balance so eating enough to fuel your training and adjusting it down for light exercise and rest days using carbohydrates strategically for training and body composition and thirdly making sure that your protein intake is optimal yeah, so that really gives everybody a good out overall um, broad synopsis of what we're going to be discussing today and about that muscle mass deterioration. And Elaine, I just wondered if you could maybe go on and give us a, a reminder of why building lean muscle mass is vital for our running performance, as well as really looking and feeling good about our body shape as we age. Yeah, well, I think most women want to feel good and be in good shape. Uh, and being in good shape is, is part of feeling good, isn't it? And feeling attractive and having high self-esteem, you know, all of those things are really important to women of any age, but particularly, you know, as we're going through this midlife transition and, you know, obviously enjoying our running as part of that too. Um, we did talk about... Um, some of the reasons uh, it's really important to uh, power your running uh, with uh, muscle mass and make sure your running performance is um, fueled in the right way. Uh, we talked about that, as you mentioned in that episode 68, Muscle Mass to Power Your Running. Uh, and it's all about performance, improving performance and minimizing and preventing injury. So just to, to recap, Karen, um, we know that lean muscle mass increases metabolism. So you'll burn more calories at rest and during workouts, and that's going to ultimately support weight management and body composition. When you've got a strong core, you're going to have a better and improved running efficiency and your posture will be good. Um, so you'll be um, more efficient in your movement and your form. And that's going to lead to improved endurance and less fatigue, especially when you're on long endurance runs. Um, when your muscles are well conditioned, you'll find that they'll perform better over distance and there'll be less likelihood of fatigue, um, hitting the wall, feeling uh, that you may be suffering from cramps. And good form and endurance leads to faster pace. And overall, you'll be minimizing the risk of injury by minimizing muscle imbalances um, or weaknesses. So it's all about being in really good shape um, and having, um, you know, optimal muscle mass so that you are actually uh, able to be, you know, a good quality runner and um, enjoy running and prevent injury. So that's really the, the reason that I would say building that lean muscle mass is vital. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've given us lots of great reasons to to have that muscle power in midlife. Um, so let's sort of move on to our suggest- suggestions. And I think really the key is to lose excess body fat and add lean muscle. So you're swapping the fat for the lean muscle. And really to achieve this, it's important to follow a double-pronged approach. So it's about um, eating to get lean and also including specific exercise workouts. Um, now, we covered this in episode 68 as well. And we'd really recommend that that you listen to that because in that episode, we talk about the American College of Sports Nutrition's FITTVP principle, which um, is, is an abbreviation for frequency, intensity, time and type of exercise um, and linking that with volume and progression. So really interesting concept to, if you haven't listened to it already, um, maybe listen to episode 68 or maybe go back and refresh your memory. But today what we'll do is we'll focus on eat to get lean suggestions. Um, And maybe we could start with how to eat for energy balance. So Aileen, thinking about eating for energy balance, why, why is this important? Well, the reason um, energy balance is important and learning about energy balance and to eat the right amount of foods, um, it's all about eating the right amount to fuel your exercise and running. Because if you don't, you might find that you experience fatigue and poor recovery. And it's really important to uh, learn how to adjust, adjust your energy intake up for long endurance runs or periods of intensive exercise and then adjust it down for light exercise and and rest days. And by doing that, you're going to be supporting your body composition goals as well as your running goals. And often, you know, I think many women uh, get into the habit of just eating the same amount of food every day, regardless of their energy requirements. So that, you know, they're trying to sort of manage everything um, without taking into account that their body needs change on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so thinking about this energy balance then, Aileen, and um, thinking about people's individual energy requirements, what would you say would be the best approach to do this? Well, it is a very personalised approach uh, because every woman is different. So, I mean, we can talk about some broad broad concepts um, today, Karen. Um, But I think a good way to start is by working out what your baseline requirements are. Uh, and we have, we've have we talked about this in, in previous episodes. Um, and I think it's always interesting to, to do this as a starting point, just to sort of understand what your baseline requirements are. And you do that by calculating your uh, BMR and then um, multiplying that by an activity factor. So what you're actually doing is calculating um, your baseline energy requirements or maintenance calories and anyone who's been following us um, for a while will know that you know we're not big on focusing on too much on calories um, but doing this exercise doing this calculation just gives people an indication of the amount of energy they require on a daily basis and often people are unconsciously over or under eating uh, which can be um, a, a problem um, so if weight loss or fat loss is a goal, then we'd look at factoring in a, a calorie deficit or an energy deficit. And that tends to be 
um, around, you know, 300 calories per day, sometimes 500 really depends on the individual. Um, And the important thing to do is look at the days when you're exercising and specifically how much exercise and the intensity of exercise and where necessary on those days, increasing the um, energy, the food intake, the calorie intake upon those days. Um, so it's understanding what you need as a minimum um, and what you need, I suppose, as a maximum on the days where you are um, working out. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree with you there, Aileen. I think it's it's a, um, interesting to have a baseline of your energy needs, but not becoming over-focused or too focused on that calorie counting and calorie intake. So really our approach with, with our clients um, to best help them with their portion sizes are to use the athlete's plate balance um, really so that they don't become too over too focused or over focused on counting cal- calories because um, when it's time consuming and um, it, it, it can in some cases lead to people making poor choices rather than um, healthy choices so um, so we prefer using the athlete's plate balance instead. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said there is so important, Karen, because I think counting calories can become obsessive. It can tie people up in knots. Uh, sometimes it's overwhelming. It can get you into this lot of like people talk about decision paralysis, you know, about not knowing what decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And what we aim to do is to help clients make intuitive, natural decisions about which foods to choose and how much to eat to fuel their running, as well as supporting the body composition goals. Yeah, so really the message is to to develop a habit of adjusting your food intake to match your energy requirements. Don't eat the same amount of food every day, regardless of your exercise plan. It will need to change up and down. So, Aileen, let's move on now and talk about um, the use of carbohydrates strategically for training and body um, composition. What can you tell us about that? Well, at the start of the episode, we said the key is to lose the, the key is to lose excess body fat and add lean muscle. So this part of the conversation today is really to help the women who've got the excess body fat that they wish to shed. And not everybody will do. You know, some people already. Um, you know, it's all about building lean muscle, not necessarily about just losing fat. Uh, but if, if you're in one of those categories where you, you know it's a goal to lose some body fat. Um, what we'd advocate is an approach where you base your carbohydrate intake on um, a low GL food plan. Now, the low GL food plan is really what our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program is based on. And it's a, a concept that is an integral part of everything that we teach. So on, on rest days or days with a low activity factor, we suggest eating small portions of complex carbohydrates as part of the everyday balance plate. Um, And that's for everybody. But if you are um, focusing on uh, weight loss or fat loss, we'd suggest reducing that portion down to an eighth of a plate of low GL carbohydrates as a, a portion size. But then on days where you're scheduling a long endurance run, uh, you plan to eat a higher amount of carbohydrate based on your activity um, and you probably are going to be adding in quick release carbohydrates for fueling pre, during and post um, that 
that endurance run. Um, so if we link this back to your energy intake um, that we talked about earlier, the energy intake calories would come from an increased uh, protein portion and a small portion of healthy fats and a small amount of complex carbohydrates um, and non-root vegetables and salads. So you'd be eating more on those days and, and your mix of foods would be from the things that I've just mentioned. So following that low GL food plan approach, that, that's got lots of benefits, um, as well as promoting a healthy body composition. Uh, lots of people um, experience improved energy levels, improved what I call mind-mood symptoms. So, you know, they're not as cranky, they're not as uh, feeling low or, um, you know, having sort of uh, a roller coaster of, of, of mind and mood symptoms. Um, they often talk about um, they no longer have cravings for sugary foods uh, and often hormonal symptoms are better too. So it's one of those um, food concepts that has multiple benefits. Um, so I think um, that that's really the the reason that we suggest it. You know, it's not just about body composition. It helps you in many different ways. Um so, Karen, I just wondered if it would be helpful for people if you would explain how people could assess if they're required to lose body fat. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it's important to look at what may be considered to be a healthy body fat percentage um, for women. And there are different ways of, of assessing it. Um, I think we do have to take into consideration our genetics, also our physique. You know, some people have a naturally low body fat percentage, whilst others are naturally higher in, in fat, um, body fat percentage. So for women, Generally, a healthy body fat percentage ranges from between 20 to 35% um, of body weight and tends to be at the higher end of that range um, as women go in and through menopause. Um, another way of assessing if you are in the healthy range is to calculate the waist hip measurements and it should ideally be 0.8 or maybe looking at your visceral fat rating using um, a bioimpedance scales and um, you can you can find these scales in gyms. I think maybe some chemists, uh, pharmacies have them as well, but I know you can definitely find them in um, in uh, gyms places. Um, ideally, visceral fat reading should be 12 or under. But again, this is variable. Some people could be as low as two, where others could sit at five, six, seven. And clearly, if they're above 12, then uh, you would want to be addressing that and reducing it. Now, we do talk a lot about the importance of carbohydrate for fueling running performance. So it is important not to demonize carbohydrates. You know, they do have a place. It is about eating them in the right proportions for your particular health goals, but also your, your running and performance goals as well. So really, just to round up what we've spoken about so far um, and using carbohydrate, our, really our key message is to eat small portions for weight loss and to increase portions of the carbohydrates in line with your training plan. 
if you have already um, got a, a lower body fat composition, it really would be advisable to follow our everyday food plate to um, to guide your portion sizes for rest days and also low activity or short run days, and then increase your carbohydrate intake on those heavy endurance days. So that's carbohydrates looked at. So now let's talk about protein. Aileen, I'm going to hand over to you to speak a little bit about protein. Okay, thanks, Karen. So uh, protein intake is, is vital. Um, we, we talked about this in detail again in episode 68. So uh, you can either check out the show notes if you just want a quick recap. Um, but the key things really are to... Um, to focus on and, and to implement, not just to think about, to actually do, is consuming optimal protein intake. And it's suggested that for menopausal women, this is above the recommended daily allowance. And the intake suggested is between 1.2 grams to 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight. Uh, and I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, we're, we're switching between uh, talking about plates and also about grams um so I, I think again when we're thinking about um you know working out people's body weight and how many grams of things you should have it it's just interesting as an educational thing to know um but once you get into the habit of knowing what portion sizes you should be eating you don't have to get caught up in measuring out your grams just like you don't have to get caught up in calories so I just that was just in my head I wanted to say that there Karen um so so, yeah, eating optimal protein every day uh, eat, and doing that by having protein at every meal and snack and spreading your protein intake across the day, ideally in consistent amounts, is really important, not just in one big meal. Um, and also um, eating protein after resistance or strength exercise is key as muscle protein synthesis can be enhanced by consuming protein immediately after um, resistance exercise so those are the three key things to think about when you're thinking about your protein intake um, so Karen I, I just wondered if you'd run through what the best sources of, of protein from food would be yeah absolutely so really when choosing your protein foods it's about thinking about the lean protein foods and and supplements if if anybody's using say protein powders um, and and thinking about the foods and the supplements that include the branch chain amino acids um especially especially leucine because it is the the amino acid that triggers the muscle building cascade and and protein foods which include good sources or good levels of the branch chain amino acids are meat poultry and fish they they the best um, sources, but also eggs and um, dairy products as well, thinking about um, milk and cheese and yogurts. Also, there's some in various nuts and seeds, um, soy products such as tofu and the fermented tofu source um, known as tempeh, and also um, legumes, so including the likes of the beans, the peas and the lentils. So lots of different sources of good proteins, but also proteins that are, are going to include the branch chain amino acids to trigger that um, muscle building cascade. So, Aileen, I was just thinking up some ideas of, of um, food sources for protein. Could you maybe give us an example of a daily food plan focusing on, on consuming the optimal amounts of protein? 
Yeah, well, the way I tend to approach it is I, I aim for 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal um, and maybe smaller amounts of snacks. Um, and then I'll, I'll assume that the rest is made up from the incremental amounts of protein and, and other foods that are on my plate. So, you know, if you start digging into looking at the nutritional breakdown of lots of foods, you will find small amounts of protein in many other foods. So I just sort of try to focus on the protein-rich foods being the bulk of it and knowing that I'll get tiny amounts from other things. So if I think back to what I ate yesterday, um, so for breakfast I had two scrambled eggs, uh, which would give me roughly 12 grams of protein. And I also had 50 grams of cottage cheese, which would give me nine. Um and I had that with some tomatoes and spinach and I had a little sprinkling of seeds. So the, the two main items were the eggs and the cottage cheese, and that gave me 21 grams. And then at lunchtime, I had made a, a vegan bolognese, which was made with aubergines, lentils and tomatoes. So the portion of lentils gave me about 11 grams of uh, protein. And I also had that with a quinoa salad. Um, so it was roughly a cup of cooked quinoa. So I'm assuming that was around about eight grams. So that was 19 grams of uh, protein at lunchtime. Um, late afternoon, I actually had a protein bar, which included 20 grams of protein. So that's not something I do every day, but it, it it was convenient yesterday. So it, I was hungry and it was there. And um Often I'll, I'll make a, a smoothie uh, made with protein powder. Again, a, a protein powder scoop often gives me about 20 grams of protein. Um, and then dinner, um, I had a large chicken breast. Um, so chicken's very rich in, in protein. I had 150 grams, so a big portion. Um, so that was giving me 35 grams of uh, protein. So if you add all of those together, that gave me 95 grams as the main protein part of my plate. Um, and as I said, there was probably small amounts of protein and other ingredients. So so that was, uh, you know, a, quite a good day. Um, I think it was quite well spread out. Absolutely, Aileen. I think that is a really great example. And I, I, I'm thinking about what I had yesterday and I'm going to be letting people know how, how it can all go wrong. <laughs> without actually realizing it you can you can end up at the end of the day realizing that you've had very little protein I think this can happen more so for people who are maybe vegetarian um, and and vegan and I'm currently doing a vegan challenge and uh, it is a challenge um, regarding certainly my protein intake and as I go through my menu for yesterday it's it's just really flagged it up for me so so for my breakfast yesterday, I had a couple of brown rice cakes with hummus and mixed seeds. So I've got a little bit of protein. I haven't got exact grams, Aileen, like you have. I'm, uh, I'm not so precise, but I had a little bit of um, hummus and mixed seeds. So I'll get a little bit of protein from that and a tiny bit from the brown rice cakes as well. Then at lunchtime, I had a quinoa salad with tofu and clearly lots of vegetables as well. So there, I feel as though I might have reached that 20 grams that you were speaking about, Aileen, yeah. that 20 to 20 grams. Like yeah. But then dinner... It was delicious. I had this roasted butternut squash with um, like a creamy mushroom filling. Now, that creamy mushroom filling was actually like a coconut cream because clearly I'm doing this vegan challenge. And I'm just thinking to myself, where is the protein in that? There might be a tiny amount from, from the vegetables, 
but there's very little. I had a side salad with that of um, red onion and tomatoes, but my protein was was missing. And that's that's not like me because I usually do very much think about, about my protein intake. And as a snack, I had two dark chocolate coated walnuts. Now, again, I'll get a tiny, tiny amount of protein from my from my walnuts, but not very much. So really, really limited. So I think although this on the face of it is a really healthy diet, it just shows how easy it can be to not take on board sufficient carbs, sufficient protein, sufficient fats as well, potentially. Um, and like most people know, protein is generally a challenge for me. And doing this vegan challenge is clearly making it a bigger issue. Um, and, I, and I think what I maybe need to do is one, be more mindful of my protein intake and maybe think about adding a protein powder. You were saying that you do that sometimes, Aileen, you sometimes have a protein bar. And I think I do need to think about that more consistently. So yeah. that's my that's my um, reflections on. on... Yeah, well, my mantra is always and it's always from a blood sugar point of view is um, I need I don't eat anything that doesn't have protein. I don't even have a piece of fruit without a little bit of protein at the side mm-hmm. of it, because the two things together are really important for blood sugar balance and following a low GL food plan. So mm-hmm. um, that's my mantra. <laughs> and yeah. I share that with clients. Yes. Yeah, it, it is so true, and I think it's a it's a great mantra um, to live by as well. So, um, so real food for thought for me, and maybe for other people who are not are not really considering what they're, they're eating a healthy diet, but they're maybe not considering the individual nutrients and how that's um, going to support or or diminish their, their their running and their training. So really that brings us to the end of this short episode on that muscle power in, in midlife. And I think it's important to eat really for your energy requirements by adjusting your carbohydrate intake to suit your body composition, but also your running goals and really follow our tips for that optimal protein intake to promote building the the lean muscle mass. And equally important really is to focus on an exercise routine. Remember to check out the episode 68 where we talk about the American College of of Sports Nutrition's FITTVP principle that I mentioned um, at the beginning. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today and we really hope that you found our insights useful. We've got a question for you. Would you like to know how to put our advice into practice and how to take some easy actions? If your answer is yes, then please don't miss the opportunity to sign up for our next free online training session. It's going to be on Zoom and we'll be there to share more steps in the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method with you. And most important of all, we'll be there in person, so we'll be able to answer any of your questions on the spot during the training. Karen and I absolutely love podcasting, but we love interacting with you even more, so we can't wait to meet you in our Zoom room. If you'd like to register, it's very easy. All you need to do is look out at the episode show notes, look at the top of the page and click the booking link there, and we'll send all the details to you. So if you'd like to be a healthy woman, healthy runner for many years to come, please come and join us and don't miss out on our next free training.
We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for women's changing bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialling wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.